Well, it's my real pleasure <coughs> to start and introduce a new series this morning, which is going to be called Prepare the Way, and we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John, the first few chapters of the Gospel of John. And uh, I'm really excited about what's going to happen this morning. We, I really believe, as we've already started, that we're going to have a time to encounter God this morning. So I just want to read um, the first uh, 18 chapters, uh, John 1, uh, 1 to 18. Chapters, verses, okay. You are listening. You are listening to my words more than I am. So from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was not was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to do that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory in the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side and has made him known. Hallelujah. I want to start first by looking at John the Baptist. He is such a fascinating character. As we read his stories, we read his life history, he um, moved from the very centre of Jewish religious life. Both his parents were of a great descent. They were all both descended from Aaron, and his father was a priest. But from an early stage, he was told that he would be, his father was told that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit, even when it, before he was born, in the mother, his mother's womb, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And that he was not to take any wine, he was, have to, uh, was to have a life that was separate from, from other people. So he lived, and tradition has it, he went quite quickly and early in his life to live in the desert, to live out in the wilderness. And we have this crazy picture of this man in his camel coat eating locusts and honey. But his purpose in life was to make a people prepared for the Lord. To make a people 
prepared for the Lord. And he influenced the entire region where he was. And he was a man who knew his calling. He knew what God had called him to do and he was faithful to that calling. And in Western art, whenever John the Baptist is portrayed, he's generally portrayed doing this. For those of you listening to the podcast, I'm now pointing. You can pick out John the Baptist in these medieval paintings because he is pointing. That was his job. That was his role to point to Jesus. To focus on him. I am not the one, he says. He is the one. I am not worthy. He is the one that is worthy. And he continues to point. And he comes, as we read here, as a witness to the light. A witness to testify to the light of Christ. He continues to point. He knew which lane he had to run in. He knew the task that God had given to him. He was a pointer to Christ. You could almost imagine his mother, Elizabeth, saying, put your arm down. No, I've got to do this. This is my job. Put it down. No, I'm pointing. And he was wholehearted and was successful in doing the job that God had given him to do. He wasn't distracted when there were crowds around Jesus, he wasn't upset about that. He wondered what was happening. Are you the one? He had doubts and things. But that was his job. And he was faithful to the calling that God had given him. And John here, this is John who wrote the gospel, is explaining who it is that John is pointing to. He expands and shows us more about who Jesus is and takes us right back to creation, or even before creation. Most gospel writers talk about the Christmas story and the little donkey and the, all the stories and the goats, uh, the sheep and the goats and the sheds. And this. He goes back way, way before that. Way, way before that. And it's such a wonderful a uh, picture of Jesus Christ, which um, is, 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 uh, is equal to these other great hymns we have about Jesus in Colossians 1 and Philippians 2. He is the one who was there in the beginning. He is fundamental, instrumental to creation, bringing light into darkness, which, which exposes things and brings illumination. And yet he was not recognized by those he created. When he came, he was not recognized. But those who did recognize him, verse 12, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right to become children of God. And he even became flesh. He dwelt amongst us. He tabernacled with us. That word can be translated. His very presence was was with us. And he returned to heaven in glory. And the Father and the the Spirit, uh, the Father and Son, sent 
the Holy Spirit to be with us now. And we are now empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God on earth now for us. He is our encourager. He is our comforter. He is the one that can bring us closer into the presence of God, reveal God to us, and lead us towards Christ and the Father. And as elders, we believe that God is on the move in our midst. The genesis, if you like, of our looking at this series of scriptures of prepare the way was started from a a prophetic word that we had at the prayer breakfast before Christmas. And the prophetic word was along the lines that as John the Baptist was pointing and ushering Jesus, we, as his community now, empowered by the Holy Spirit, are to point to and usher in revival. Are you prepared? John the Baptist's job was to, was to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And we can have opportunity at the end of this meeting to help us get prepared. But there are some things that you could, you might know that you have to do yourself, your next step in obedience, your next step of being prepared. It might be that you have to uh, be baptised in water as a believer. It might be that you have to commit to a body of Christ. It might be you're not a member yet of a church. It might be you're not committed to one of our Emmanuel communities. Are you fully embracing the Holy Spirit day by day to have that continual infilling with the Spirit of God? Are you seeking after the gifts that he has for you? Think back to that picture we started the meeting of, this big net stuffed full of balloons, stuffed full of God's blessings. Are you using praise and worship to to unlock, to cut that rope and allow those blessings to come down? Are you prepared? Are you ready? Prepare the way, said John the Baptist. We are preparing the way. We have to get ready for what God is going to do in and through us. As elders, we have had a, a season of prayer and fasting and <clears throat> really principally just to, to seek, seek after God for revival. Just last week, or two weeks ago, we had as a church a week to pray and fast together. And I don't know whether you've realised, but we've had a series of conferences over these last few months that are building upon one another. In November, we had uh, our pastoral conference. In December, we had the raising, the rising, raise, rising the tide, rise the tide. Don't say that. <laughs> Where we invited um, Marco from Bedford to come and speak and had an amazing encounter with God during that time. Just last Sunday night, we had Engaging the Prophetic, um, which was an exceptional gathering time together. 
Just if you, not everyone goes there, but just if you think that engaging the prophetic is like three or four people mumbling away in a small room. Just to tell you, last Sunday night we had 65 people engaging prophetic. We had people from Emmanuel Church, both Chester Street and Durham, but also people from other churches in the region who are hungry for God, who've come in to receive from God. God is moving. God is stirring. We need to get ready. But we don't have to wait. Oh, oh, sorry, I announced this. And we are leading towards, thanks Chris, our next conference, which is the beginning of March, called On Earth As It Is In Heaven. When Mark DuPont was last with us last summer, he spoke to us and challenged us as an eldership to put on a revival conference and have Taiwo speak at that conference. Then Taiwo said, I'm off to Qatar. (laughs) He is back and he is speaking at this conference and we are in great faith and expectation that we're going to see an amazing time as we gather on those, those three evenings together. But you don't have to wait until March. Most of you know that I am a, a road cyclist. I have set myself a huge challenge this summer And I set up before I go to that training plan so that I get to peak performance in August. And I focus on that. It's all lined up for that and I must that. That is not the case with God. God is limitless. We don't have to work our way up to it. God can do something in an instance And change us completely. And this morning we are going to come today afresh again and seek after him. One of the great revivalists, a guy called Rodney Smith, was asked how to have revival. He was a guy who was from the the UK that had a ministry at the end of the uh, 19th century, beginning of the 20th century. He had a ministry both in the US and the UK. And someone came to him and asked, Mr. Smith, how do you have revival? And he said the following. I'll tell you what to do. Go to that place of prayer and take a piece of chalk along. Kneel down there and with the chalk, draw a complete circle all around you. And pray for God to send revival on everything inside the circle. Stay there until he answers and you will have revival. His point is, revival starts with us. Revival starts with us getting so caught up with the purposes of God, getting so amazed with Jesus Seeing the splendour of Jesus, as we've just read in this, the start of this gospel, 
seeing the splendour and the greatness of Jesus. He is bigger, as we heard this morning, he is bigger than we think. And as William was saying, it's like stepping into the TARDIS. But you've got to take that step. You have to do an action to go into TARDIS and walk in and say, oh, it's not bigger on the inside than it looks like, as we see every, every, month, every year in Doctor Who. And that's what we're going to begin doing this morning. Sometimes a preacher at the end of a meeting can ask for a response and just two or three people come forward. And sometimes a preacher is so insecure and is looking at that as some success, he then or she widens out that appeal so that more people come forward to respond. Other preachers can sometimes be of the sort where you're thinking, well, surely shouldn't everyone be going forward at this point? It's almost like you've said, if anyone's got a liver, respond and come forward. Which is a nonsense one. But this morning, today, is a time for everyone to respond. I'm going to finish in a few minutes. We are giving time... And we are giving space so that we can respond to God. We're making space and time for that to happen. Be intentional. Seek after God. Pursue him. God does not hide from you, but he may conceal things so that you have greater joy when you discover it, just as we were hearing earlier about the shoe, I've got one shoe. Oh, that is a lovely shoe. Not that I would do the shoes, but something like it's a lovely shoe. Oh, where's the other one? Let's go find it. And you're seeking to find that shoe, and you're looking all over the place, and then you find it. Oh, I've got a pair. Hopefully, the same size. But you then have that shoe, and you've taken a delight. In seeking and then finding. We have parables about that as well, of course. So why don't we stand now? The music group, if you could come out. Ministry team, could you just grab your um, lanyards, please? I meant to do this earlier. On our ministry team, just grab your lanyards. I'd like to encourage us to open our windows. To open our windows for the Spirit to come in. To give space and time for the Spirit to come in. And there's a step of faith that you've got to take. And that step of faith is to move from your chair 
down to this front area. There's something very physical about doing this. And as you come down, we are going to go back into worship. We are going to see prophetic. I know there's three or four people already have spoken to me about prophetic words. We will have other spiritual gifts in evidence. There might be healings that take place. There might be people being, other gifts are given or released to people. Other breakthroughs may happen. I'm not kind of, God might do, then what God's going to do? Which is a great place to be. So I'd like to encourage you to take that step of faith now. And to come forward. This is for everyone. There's loads of space down here. So please come forward. Push into God. And let's seek after him. Thank you.